Well, today is a very special day. Today is our ministry year kickoff. And as a fan of football and a fan of the church, I know that kickoffs are very important. And so we're launching our 13th year of ministry at Gospel City Church. Can you believe that? And some of you have been around for all of those 13 years, and some of you are here for the very first Sunday. You picked a great day to come to church. Welcome to Gospel City Church. I trust that you've already been greeted and you feel welcome here. And we want to welcome you to fold in all the way through this year. We're going to set the tone for what's going to happen throughout the entire year going forward. I want to do two things here this morning, and I'm going to set the stage. It's going to be a little different here this morning. It's kind of a hybrid service. How many of you drive a hybrid? You drive a hybrid? This is a hybrid service, okay? And so what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce to you the new ministry year theme and the place in the Bible that for the next 26 weeks we're going to ask you to open to. And then we're going to turn this whole service into a prayer meeting. Now, that's a little intimidating if you're not used to being in a prayer meeting, if you're not used to praying with people. Don't worry. We're not going to run you out of here. We're not going to make you feel weird. But I want you just to look around to the people around you. You can put your head on a swivel. If, do you ever wonder who's, look, who's behind you? Turn around and look at who's behind you. Do you see those people? They're watching you, okay? You're setting the pace for them. Like, whatever you do, they're going to do, okay? So you're going to be praying with some of these people here at the end of the service. We're going to break into some groups of about, oh, seven to ten or something. And hopefully somebody in there is courageous enough to to, to get out of prayer and, and hopefully everybody in the group at some point will get out of prayer. We'll guide you through that process in a minute. Pastor Nathan's going to be up here to guide you through that. One of our elders, Keith Twitty, is going to be up here to guide you through that process. And uh, we'll help you get there, okay? So um, if you're uncomfortable with that, you can pray by yourself. You can just not make eye contact with anybody. You, when, I, I noticed that when I didn't want to pray any, with anybody in church, I would just put my head down and just look like I was praying really serious. I'm under so much conviction. I like that. That's a, that's a way to fake your way through that. Uh, I've done it many times. And you can do that. You can adopt that posture if it's a good strategy for you here this morning. Or you can just slip out if you want to. Nobody's going to condemn you for doing that. So this morning, I want to remind you that last year was our, our ministry year theme was one year on the count of three. What was last year's ministry theme? Three, two, one. Abide. I'm so glad you got that. What does that word mean? It means to remain it means to dwell and it means to unite. It means to connect. Remember, you're nothing but a stick until you're connected to the vine. When you're connected to the vine, the stick becomes a straw. That fruit comes out on the other side, right? And I want to remind you that we found that in John chapter 15, Jesus looked at his disciples eyeball to eyeball and said, remain, don't go anywhere, don't run away. It's a little ironic that Jesus told that to them right after he told them he's leaving. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to die on the cross, I'm going to be resurrected, I'm going back to my father. You guys are not allowed to leave. So it's not unprecedented for the leader to say, I'm leaving, you remain. I just want to let you say that, okay? That's just following the pattern of Jesus there. I want you to open your Bible this morning. Brought a Bible, show, Bible check in church, Bible check in church, where's the Bibles, where are the Bibles? If you're holding up electronic device, that's okay, it's okay. You can do that too, okay? I want you to open your Bible, are you ready? It's like, where's he gonna open? Where are we gonna be opening our Bibles to for the next 26 weeks? All right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to open your Bible to the table of contents. Everybody do that. I'm serious. Open your Bible to the table of contents while you're getting there. By the way, how many of you are on your way to completing 100 days of Bible reading? You're there. If you, congrats, should we applaud these people? I finished yesterday. I finished Revelation yesterday, right? 100 days in the New Testament. So I want you to look in, in the table of contents. Are you there? See, if you got a device, you're like, I have no idea what to do. It's like, it's like you open it to the search and then you can find usually the books, okay? So I want you to look at the New Testament. So there's 
There's 27 books there in the New Testament. Which one of those do you think we're going to be preaching through the next 26 weeks? The book of Acts. The book of Acts. Now, let's set the stage for the book of Acts here this morning. The reason we're doing this, I want to answer four questions this morning. The first one is this, why Acts? Why are we picking Acts? Well, uh, because we are family. So last year's ministry theme was abide. This year's ministry theme is we are family. I want you to look at somebody around you there. You can turn around the person behind you. Look at them. Just make eye contact and say, we're family. Just say that. You see those people? We're family. Does that feel good? Some of you are like, I don't even know this person. I don't know their name. That's on you. Get to know your name. Like, what's your name? What's your name? Hey, listen, people come up to me all the time. I've been going to church here for five years. And I'm like, what's your name? What's your name? We got to get know each other's name. Um, we are family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of us are spiritual fathers. Some of us are spiritual sons. But we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, how many of you have ever done one of those, uh, like, Ancestry.com things where you found out your family origin. How many of you ever done like the 23andMe where you got to spit in a cup or something and send off your DNA, the DNA thing? How many of you have done that? I've never done that, but I've always been, always been curious. Uh, many of you know that my mom died this past March and it gave me a chance to kind of reconnect with extended family. And I have an 82-year-old um, aunt named Sue and Aunt Sue told me something in March I did not know. She said, Trent, did you know that your great-great-grandmother was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian? I am 164th Cherokee Indian. I did not know that. And so I'm like, wow. And it, it led me to all kinds of questions like, I don't even know who I am. And what, you know, what, where did I come from? And, and, and like, it gave me a whole new understanding of who I am. And, and, and knowing your family origin helps you understand the family resemblance. I don't know about you, but my great, great grandmother Cherokee Indian must have been short because I'm short. I have short DNA. And uh, I've always wanted to be a six foot tall person, but it's just not in my family origin. I had nothing to do with that. Well, what we're gonna do in the book of Acts is we're going to look at our family origin. And we're gonna find out our family resemblance, our family history. And when we look back at our family in the book of Acts, there ought to be some family resemblance. Whatever was in their DNA ought to show up in our DNA as the church. So I do want you to flip over to the, you see the page number? What page number is, is Acts? You got your table of contents there? Mine's on page 1095. So I'm now flipping to 1095 in my Bible. And we're going to study the book of Acts. Now, over the next 26, three, 26 weeks, I won't be in the pulpit all those different times. Uh, we got a preaching team. It's lined up, ready to go. Pastor Micah, Pastor Tyler Holder, Pastor Brent Thomas, and maybe some others. I'll be there occasionally. And so we're going to kind of march through this as a team. I want to prepare you for that. And um, um, why are we doing this? Um, because we're family. We got to know the family origin. Um, here's another question we want to answer here this morning. Who acts? Like the title of the book's kind of interesting, isn't it? Act. Acts. Actions. You, you might title it activity. So who is doing the activity in Acts. Some people have, you know, from early on, the tradition is that this, the title of the book, your Bible may even say it at the title, it may say the Acts of the Apostles. 
And that's not too bad, but that may be giving the apostles a little too much credit. Because as we open the book of Acts, these guys are cowering in fear and they're fleeing from Jesus. And so something happens about 40 days after Jesus is resurrected that changes all of that. What is it? It's called Pentecost. It was the birth of the church. It was when the Holy Spirit descended and dwelt believers for the very first time. And it absolutely changed these guys from the most cowardly to the most courageous disciples the world has ever known. So maybe not so much the the Acts of the Apostles, some people have said it, it, a better title would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit. That might be a better title. Not a bad title, um, but it might even be a better title to say the Acts of Jesus, the activity of Jesus. One commentator, Alan Thompson, suggested this title for the book of Acts. The Acts of the Lord Jesus through his people by the Holy Spirit for the accomplishment of the Father's purpose. I think that's a great title. You should just write all that down. It's the acts of the Lord Jesus through his people, empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish the purposes of God the Father. Here's the next question we want to ask. What acts, what activity do we find in the book of Acts? Uh, there's a whole list. You're going to hear about all of it as we march through this book. I want to give you some highlights. And I want to direct your attention to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Do you see it there? Get your eyes on God's word. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Did you know that that verse gives you the outline of the book of Acts? We're going to find out about the activity of the Lord Jesus through his followers, empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish the purposes of the Father in four different geographical locations, in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's what the entire book, that's the activity that we're going to find in these different places. Acts records the ascension of Jesus Christ. So we just read his words right after that. He says, peace out. It's in your hands. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got everything you need to do until I return. So we see the activity of Jesus' ascension. Then we see the activity of the Holy Spirit descending upon these disciples, empowering them to accomplish his will. Um, last week, many of us were grieved as we watched Hurricane Ida hit the Gulf Coast there. And, and we know that millions of people, we were told every night on the news, they lost power. And some of them are still waiting for the power to come back on. Do you know that as a Christian, you never lose power? It is a spiritual impossibility for a Christian to lose power. You can lose your electricity, but if you are a Christian, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and you never lose power. All of the activity in the book of Acts is Holy Spirit empowered activity. And the same is true for us. We do everything we do empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you try to do anything spiritually or eternity, for eternity without the power of the Holy Spirit, you will wear yourself out. And some of you are exhausted and worn out because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to learn the importance of the filling of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Another thing that Acts records, we see thousands of diverse people 
in diverse places, responding to the preaching of God's word in faith and repentance. And the things that we read in the book of Acts are the things that we are passionate about continuing to see here in our own community and throughout the world. This gives us confidence that if we faithfully proclaim the word of God, the Holy Spirit will ensure that there is a sufficient number of people responding to it in faith and repentance. That's our prayer, not just for all of the earth, but right here in our own community. And so we see that happening in Jerusalem. That's where these apostles were when they received the Holy Spirit. So uh, you can kind of think of concentric circles. If Jerusalem was the city, that was their immediate proximity. It's where their homes were. It's where their livelihoods were. It's where their relationships were. And that speaks to us. God wants to empower you to be his witnesses right where you are in your city. It says that we are to be witnesses. A witness is a, someone who gives eyewitness testimony of what he has seen and heard so that it provides compelling evidence for others to believe what is true. That's a witness in a courtroom. And that is what a witness for Jesus Christ is. We don't have to manufacture some story. We don't have to be creative in the way that we tell it. We don't have to be clever. We don't have to be manipulative. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses, first of all, in Jerusalem. Go out and tell the people that you are in immediate proximity with what you have seen and heard, providing compelling evidence so that they will believe what is true. That's our job you will be my witnesses. But not only in Jerusalem, the concentric circle expands. By the way, the first seven chapters of the book of Acts tells us about the activity of the Holy Spirit through the apostles and through the believers, first of all in Jerusalem. And then the concentric circle expands to, Ju to Judea and Samaria. That's chapters eight through 12 in the book of Acts. And there we see people being scattered. A lot of times they couldn't stay in Jerusalem because of persecution. So God sent them. They lived sent and wherever they went, they continued to be witnesses. For those of us um, that are in the city of Granger, Mishawaka, Niles, South Bend, wherever you live, maybe these counties right here, God wants to send us to the next concentric circle. You have to go out of your way. You have to expend some energy to say, I'm not just gonna talk to people I know, I'm gonna get to know other people. I'm going to practice hospitality. I'm going to be intentional about engaging somebody who's marginalized. That's what witnesses do. They, they intentionally engage in relationships beyond their immediate concentric circle. That's our Judea and Samaria. But then notice, it says, you will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, not only in Judea and Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. That's chapters 13 through 28 in the book of Acts. And so for those of us that love the Lord Jesus, we wanna see the ends of the earth love the Lord Jesus. We want the gospel to go to places where it's never been preached. And this only happens with great effort and intentionality. 
We will not reach the ends of the earth without sacrifice. That, might, that means you might have to give up some of your money that you could spend on yourself to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's why we tithe and bring our offerings here at the church. It's why we give you an opportunity to give. And so that's why we fund missions. That's why we send people to Senegal and, and Liberia and Hungary and different places where we have outposts and churches where we support missionaries. It's because we're trying to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. What are you doing to get the gospel beyond your little Jerusalem, beyond Judea, beyond Samaria, to the ends of the earth? Another thing that Acts tells us is that when the Christians are faithful to get the gospel to the ends of the earth, they face opposition. They face persecution. The leaders in the book of Acts, it tells us they were beaten, they were arrested, they were even killed. You say, oh, that would really hinder getting the gospel out. Nope, not in any way. As a matter of fact, it only fueled them. It only made the gospel go further. The greater the persecution, the greater the expansion of the church. That's what you're gonna see in the book of Acts. You know, when persecution hits the church, it tends to diminish the number, but it strengthens the faith of those who abide, those who remain. Phony Christians don't last long when they are opposed for what they say they believe. And that's what's happening right now in our culture right now. There's a purge going in the church because now it's like there's no advantage to being a Christian in the culture anymore. They think you're stupid. You're still going to believe. You won't be popular, but you'll be effective. That's what we find in the book of Acts. And speaking of persecution, did you know that one of the greatest persecutors of the church a guy named Saul is radically transformed into the greatest Christian who ever lived. We're going to see that uh, in the book of Acts. And that Christian got, went on to write half of the New Testament. Thirteen of the books that we have in our Bible are written by this guy that formerly persecuted the church as God transformed his life. So we've answered the question, why Acts? We've answered the question, who Acts? Next question, what do we do before we act? Here's the answer. We pray. What you are going to find over and over throughout the book of Acts is before there was any activity, there was the activity of prayer. I want you to see it. Flip the page over to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Actually, just probably don't even need to flip the page. Down to verse 14. Notice what it says in verse 14. It says, they were all continually united. Stop right there. All in favor of all of the Christians being united. All in favor of that? Would you like all of the Christians headed in the same direction, aligned with one another, stop fighting with one another? What do we have to do if that's going to happen? They were all continually united in prayer. Not in who they voted for. Not in their opinion on vaccines or masks. They were all united in prayer along with the women, including Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. One of the great things you'll see in Acts is the prominence of women in the church and how important they are and how vital. And we believe that as well. Now, flip the page over to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. One of the most important verses in Acts, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Underline the word devoted. 
they devoted themselves to four things. The teaching, the, the apostles' teaching, number two, fellowship, number three, breaking of bread, and number four, what's the last one? Prayer. They were devoted to prayer. Can I be honest with you? Um, I am absolutely convinced Gospel City Church is devoted to the apostles' teaching. That, that's the reason you come. That's the reason you bring your Bible. You ask people, why do you come to the church? It's like, it's the teaching. It's the teaching. It's the teaching. And many of you would say, it's the worship. It's the worship. We, we, we love to get our focus on who Jesus is, what he's accomplished. You're hungry for that. That's the reason we have the core classes. By the way, core classes start next week. You've been hearing about them for several weeks. 350 people registered to go through the core classes. Gospel City Church is devoted to the teaching of the apostles. But notice the next thing. It says fellowship, and I would include in that the breaking of bread. Fellowship. Is our church devoted to fellowship? What is fellowship? The Greek word is koinonia. It means togetherness. It means closeness. It means intimacy, involvement, participation. It means family. And it mentions breaking of bread there. Certainly that includes the Lord's Supper as we know the body of Jesus was broken and so we break the bread together, we drink the wine. Of course it's talking about that. But do you understand that it was important for the disciples to understand the bread is one until it's broken? In other words, everybody that participates, everybody that takes the bread takes from the same piece of bread. In other words, you have to be present in order to get your peace. It's a symbol of unity. It's a symbol of closeness, of family. Are we devoted to family? Are we devoted to fellowship? Are we devoted to one another? Or are we just devoted to getting a download of teaching? Both are important, but I would say we need to take some steps in our devotion to fellowship. And then the last thing here is prayer. They were devoted to prayer. Before I move on to that, let me just say, if you're not connected, if you're not close, if you're not participating, if you're not involved, two great opportunities coming up September the 15th, we're launching all kinds of new groups. We've got men's groups and women's groups. If you're not yet in a small group, if you're not yet in a core class, I want to invite you to lean in and get connected to one of these groups. You can register online. We need to know that you're coming. So we'll have a place for you there. There's all the information there on the web. And so get connected to a group. Listen, our church, our church staff, the office cannot manufacture fellowship. All we can do is manufacture on-ramps into fellowship. You have to be intentional about getting close making eye contact. Here's my name. Here's my needs. How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? That happens in smaller groups than what's on Sunday. Because on Sunday, all that's happening is one guy is talking the whole time and you're supposed to be quiet and listen. But that guy is trying to get you connected to a group so that you can talk and listen to other people in a group. Another opportunity is what we call our hope groups. Maybe you've experienced some kind of 
trouble, some trauma, maybe there's some stuff going on emotionally in you, maybe you're hurting or grieving a loss, and that's what these hope groups are for. And I mean, this is one of the best things that's happened over the course of the last year. Pastor Nathan's done a great job building these out, great teams leading these things. Those hope groups are an opportunity for people that are just really facing some hard times to come and get connected with other people that are just like you, and then grow in your faith and get to a place where you're healthier in your responses to those things. And the last thing here is prayer. They were devoted to prayer. Devotion is different than duty. So often we think of prayer as a duty. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. Listen, devoted to prayer means it was a delight. It, It means that we have a conviction that I cannot do anything of any spiritual value unless I am connected to Jesus. And so, Being devoted simply starts with the idea that I am dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit for everything I do. These disciples knew they were dependent. They had no money. They had no property. They weren't popular. In order for them to be effective in the mission God had called them to do, they knew they needed to to pray. So they were devoted. One of the greatest problems in our church are the resources God has given us. We've got a nice building. We've got a nice staff. We've got technology. We've got some money to do stuff. Those of us that were around when we first planted the church, I see you people, I see you people. Remember those hard folding metal chairs? You had to set them up and tear them down every Sunday. Was it easier to pray then? Absolutely, because it's all we had. But if you rely on money and resources to do what only prayer can do, you won't pray. And so it's important that we continually be challenged to pray. And I'm gonna ask Pastor Nathan to come up here right now and we are going to pray. And as he comes, I just wanna invite you to relax, remember the posture. If you really wanna look spiritual, do this. Like, I don't wanna pray with anybody. Y'all pray over there. You can do that. But in just a few minutes, we're all gonna stand. I'm hoping that everybody in the room will get in a group of seven to 10 or something, and we're gonna put some prayer prompts on the screen. Nathan's gonna help us to turn what we just read into prayers for our own people. Pastor Nathan. Well, hey, church. I really, really can't think of a better way to start a ministry season than in, in prayer. And so as we think about prayer, I truly want to make sure we understand and, and, the, and understand the belief that prayer is an amazing thing that we get to do. We get to go before the throne of God, before God himself. We don't need a mediator. We don't need anybody else between us and God. We get to go straight to him. And so right here, right now, uh, we have a, a God who's accessible. We have direct access to him. And today we have a huge bonus though, right? We get to, as a family, as a family, pray together to God and ask him uh, for things. And, um, and as we do that, we'll uh, you know, align our hearts with God's heart. So in just a minute, you're going to form in groups that Pastor Trent talked about. And when you do, you want to make sure you have an open Bible. Okay, so make sure you have your Bible open to this passage. And you're going to have a humble heart and a vulnerable spirit. So that's the place you're going to go to when you go to prayer. So make sure you have an open Bible, humble heart, and a vulnerable spirit. 
as we're praying, we're going to pray through and right from that passage. So hopefully you guys are already open to Acts 2.42, where it says, they, okay, being the believers, being the church, being you all, the people of God, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right, being the word of God, being the hundred days of scripture reading, being core class, being the groups that Pastor Trent talked about as well, to the fellowship, being small group and being Sunday church, being here with each other in church, in fellowship, to the breaking of bread, meaning communion and meals together and a church rally, right? We just got to experience that and that was awesome. And to prayer being what we're gonna do right now. So uh, prayer is the best way to take horizontal relationships to a vertical place. And we wanna be able to take each other to that place before the throne of God in order to align our hearts to God's heart. Right? We're not trying to align our hearts to each other's, though that's, that's going to happen as we align our hearts to God's heart. So let's do that. So let's go ahead and stand up. We're gonna look for that group here in a second. I wanna give you the buckets that we're gonna pray through. So we're gonna see here on the screen, here's the buckets that we're gonna pray through. So here's some helps to prompt your prayers, okay? Lord, give us a hunger for teaching of your word so that, and then you guys are gonna fill in the blank. It could be something like, uh, that we may hear and increase our desire for the word of God so that we could be changed people. Okay, number two, Lord, unite us in fellowship as your family so that the world of unbelievers will know that we're believers by the way that we love, by the way that we what? Love one another. And so we want to demonstrate to a lost world that we are united in fellowship in that place. Number three, Lord, stir our devotion to prayer so that our hearts can be aligned to yours, Lord. Right, so okay, so go ahead and break up into groups. You guys can do that now. Trent said uh, between six and, and seven or 10 or so, and then we'll go ahead and you guys start praying, and then I'll close that time of prayer when we're finished. Well, as you continue to uh, participate in this worship service with us, I would just encourage you, uh, maybe you're watching with your family right now, just to go to a time of prayer with your family. And uh, this is not something that you're just observing. We'd ask you just to lean in and pray right now. And uh, maybe you're watching by yourself and that's totally fine. I, I love that as the voices of God's people are being lifted up right now here in the building, wherever you find yourself as you lift your voice, God is hearing all of that. He is not hindered um, by distance or any of that. So please lean into these next couple of moments and just looking through those things that Pastor Nathan just set us up for as we look at the books of, book of Acts and we see how devoted they were to prayer first and foremost, that they waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit first so that God would bless everything that they found their hands to do. So there's there's no success in life outside of prayer. And uh, our hunger and our thirst for the word is what will fuel everything that we're deciding. So in these next couple of moments, here's how I would just again remind you to pray. Lord, give us a hunger for the teaching of your word so that. Um, let Take that a step further, right? Take that not just Lord, give us a hunger for your word, but why? What is it gonna change in your life if that were to happen? If the word, the hunger for God's word increased in your life, how would that change your life? 
Same with fellowship in your family um, and in your community, in your friends, your relationships, and then your devotion to prayer as a spiritual discipline in your life. All of those things, how will they impact? How will they change your life? And just spend these next couple of minutes praying through those together and then we'll join back together and continue in our service. Lord, we do come before you. Lord, we do thank you for your word. We pray, God, that as we read your word, we would hunger and thirst for righteousness. God, that we would hear your word, we would read it and abide in your word, Lord, and that word would change us from who we are to who you want us to be. God, that we would stay connected in fellowship and in community and challenging one another and exhorting one another and or just being the biblical community that you desire for us to be based on your word. We pray, God, that you would increase our desire for prayer, that you would increase our desire to spend more time with you, Lord. When things are going hard, Lord, give us more time with you. When things are going great, give us more time with you. Lord, we love you. We want others to know you. And so help us, Lord, as we are in fellowship, as we are devoted to your word, as we are in prayer with one another and before you, God, that you would just knit our hearts and align our hearts to your heart, that what breaks your heart would break our heart, Lord, and we would pursue those things. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I want you to be seated there for again. We're going to do that again before we leave. What, was that sweet? Oh my goodness, I saw some tears and some happiness and some smiles, all the things that are true of a good prayer meeting. Get your Bible back open to Acts chapter 6. I want to show you one more passage, and you're going to love this passage. The passage I'm about to read to you is what my prayer that the front page headline of the South Bend Tribune would be at the end of this ministry year. Acts chapter six, verse seven. Got your eyes on that page? Front page, headline, South Bend Tribune, September the 5th, 2022. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in South Bend, Michiana, Indiana, Michigan. And a great many of the priests and the preachers and the phony baloney Christians and people who had never been in church ever before became obedient to the faith. All in favor of that being the headline a year from now, raise your hand. Anybody wanna pray about that? Now listen, if you want that to be the headline, if you want verse seven to be true, you have to be committed to verse four. Go back up to verse four. What has to happen in order for verse seven to be the headline? Verse four has to happen. But we, the church, will devote ourselves to prayer 
and the ministry of the word. See, here's the problem. We want verse seven results without verse four sacrifice. You will never see verse seven as the headline until we get serious about verse four collectively as a church. The reality is the front page headline today could be the word of God continues to decrease. The disciples are greatly divided, not multiplied, divided. And the priests have become disobedient. The preachers, the Christians have become disobedient to the faith. We've got to reverse that trend. And the only way to reverse it is when we start to get serious about being devoted to prayer. So I'm gonna give you some time. Uh, Elder Keith is coming up to the platform right now and we're gonna take some time to pray about those things happening. We've gotta ask God to uh, fill us with the Holy Spirit, to give us courage to be obedient in getting the gospel out, in asking that the word of God would uh, increase its, its influence in our community, that we would understand the word of God is increasingly transformational in our lives, increasingly sufficient for everything that we need. That's what has to happen if we're gonna see these things happen in our community. So Keith's gonna lead us in this time. That was a um, great first time of prayer, and that was right for us to first take time just to focus on praying for our priorities to be right internally. But just like Trent said, we want that to go out from here, not just to hold it for ourselves. We want to see the gospel message get proclaimed throughout our community and around the world. So um, we're going to take the next step now to turn our focus outward, asking God to move through us, his church, to further his kingdom. And like we were just reminded, the early church in Acts is an example to us to devote ourselves first to prayer. Because we want to make disciples here locally. We want to see that increase. We want to reach the unreached peoples around the world. But that's not going to happen through our abilities or our planning or our efforts if we're not first devoted to prayer and inviting the Holy Spirit to do His work in and through us. I was just thinking, while you, this, um, as we were talking about Acts this morning, you know, what did it say in Acts? It said, those men turned the world upside down. And they didn't have air travel, the internet, the resources, the money that we have now. And sometimes, like Trent reminded us, when this, this church started and we didn't have those resources, we can get dependent on them and think that's going to change the world and we can just sit in our comfort. But that's not what did it. Those men did it then because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we want to spend our time now is just trusting in Him to do a work in and through us. And John 14, 12 and 13 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. This is Jesus talking. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we can pray with boldness right now as we break out that God can do greater things than we even saw recorded in Scripture because of his Holy Spirit working in this church. So those prayer buckets are gonna be up on the screen for you now. One of the first ones I wanna point out is that we've got a lot of transition going on in the church. We wanna pray that that's not a time for us to turn our focus inward, but for us to keep our lens going out, that we would um, stay humble, dependent, discerning, and abiding so that God can continue to advance his kingdom when we can still do him, see him do greater things than he's already done. The second, Lord, allow the number of disciples to be multiplied in Michiana and beyond this year. 
Third, Lord, allow blank. That might be for yourself, that might be for leaders, that might be for the church, but people that, that you have been praying for, just continue to pray with boldness that God would cause obedience to the faith to happen this year. And lastly, that God would use our church through the power of his Holy Spirit to expand the reach of the gospel to all the earth. So let's break up into those groups again and just take some time to seek the Lord's face and pray that he'll do greater things than we can imagine. Well, again, this is such a crucial time for us as a church body to continue to devote ourselves to prayer. And so in this next moment, I love how we have now turned the focus outward and we're focusing on, God, how can you use me to now have an impact on my community and uh, to the world around you? So wherever you're at, again, I would just encourage you to lean into these next couple of moments and start processing through, God, how would you want to use me in my circle of influence? And um, um, you know, us here at Gospel City, we're in a season of transition and seeking the Lord. And it's been honestly such a powerful time of just realizing how dependent we are on God, that uh, our plans, our desires, things that we think should may remain consistent don't always happen that way because God's plan is much greater. And so uh, as we're an influence to the community around us, how can we remain uh, humble, dependent, discerning, abiding so that God would receive glory? And so continue to pray that for our church to continue to be an influence but then pray for your influence as well. And maybe there's someone specific in your heart and in your mind who you would love to see um, just all of a sudden realize that they need the Lord. And maybe it's someone you've been uh, preaching the gospel message to again and again, or maybe somebody that you just haven't had the opportunity to share or seen the opportunity to share that uh, opportunity with them of what the gospel is, who Jesus is, how much he loves them. And so I, even right now in these next couple of moments, would you just pray that God would give you divine appointments, divine opportunity to share with someone in your family, your friends, your relationships at work, your friend group that might need to hear how much Jesus loves them and how God wants to be glorified in their life too by them embracing Jesus Christ as their Savior. So lean into these next couple of minutes here, just wherever you're at, quiet your heart, pray, and seek God on those couple of things, and then we'll continue in our service. Dear God, I pray that... Um, as we hear your people pray that you'll be pleased, Lord, as a sweet aroma to you, Lord, as we seek your face, as we just confess our complete and utter dependence on you, Lord, as we lift our requests to you, knowing that we can do nothing apart from you and your spirit, pray that you would pour your spirit out on this church, Lord, for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your name. Lord, I pray that... Um, that you would just stir up the faith and increase our faith as we trust you for greater things than we can imagine. And Lord, we lift all this up to you as it says in your word, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.